the Bible Study Podcast, episode 414. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Matthew with chapter 5 and the Sermon on the Mount. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. So we are still at the beginning of Jesus' ministry here in Matthew in chapter 5. And chapter 5 starts a very well-known section, I think, of Matthew, which is chapters 5, 6, and 7, which are the Sermon on the Mount. And it starts like this. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This isn't the only section of the Gospels that is like this. There's also the Sermon on the Plain, which is a similar construction of a sermon from Jesus, although probably from a different time. So since one is on a mountain and one is on a plain, and so Jesus probably preached versions of this at different times. And I want to break this into three different sections. One is the section that is easy. One is the section that is difficult, not that it's difficult to understand, but it's difficult because it's hard to hear. And the third is a few of these that are more complicated. Some of these are easy. When I say they're easy, for instance, when you get verses like verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Basically, that is very consistent with lots of other places in the Bible where it talks about, seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all these other things will be added unto you. If you're looking for God, then you will find him. Basically, that God desires to be found and wants us to hunger and thirst for him. As the psalmist said, as a doe pants for running water, so my soul longs for you, my God. And so this is a well-known theme in scripture and relatively understandable. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Makes sense to anyone. This is not something that makes sense only to Christians, that it makes sense, you know, if you were in some other religion, you might call it karma. But our understanding is that God desires for us to be merciful, especially we as the children of God, as we are to emulate God, who is a merciful God. He desires us to show mercy. He desires us to be full of grace and mercy. And so it's not hard for us to understand, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Nor is it hard for us to say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. This seems admirable. We see somebody who is a peacemaker and we say, this is a good thing. Someone who is taking a difficult situation and making it less difficult by standing in between by putting themselves in between the warring parties or those who are fighting and bringing peace to that situation that is an admirable quality that we can respect. Again, simple from that point of view. 
The second section there, that part that is clear but hard to hear, would be verses 10 and 11. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, because this is how they treated the prophets. It's not difficult to understand what is being said. What is being said is that the people who have stood up to injustice, the people who have stood for what is right, who have said, that's wrong, I'm not going to go along with that, that that doesn't always go well. That we don't always treat those people. The world has not always treated the prophets well who bring that word of God that says you're heading in the wrong direction. Whistleblowers aren't always treated well. People who say, I'm not going with the flow, this is wrong, are not always treated well. We understand this to be true. But it's hard for us to think about rejoice and be glad when people insult you and persecute you and say evil things against you because of me, because of God, because you're doing the right thing. Doing the right thing won't always be comfortable. It says right here, it's very clear, but it's not easy to hear. But it is a theme that we can easily find in the scriptures. I'm right now in my personal reading, reading through Acts, and I'm reading through the section of early portion of the church where we have the martyrdom of Stephen. Stephen, who stands up in the Sanhedrin when he is accused and tells of the story of the people of God and the number of times they turned their back on God and they persecuted those people who he sent and says, you have done this again, you did this with Jesus. And they take him outside and they stone him. This is clear, but it's hard. It's easy to go with the flow sometimes. It's easy to be the one who says, well, this isn't a good time for me to raise that objection. It's hard to be the one who stands up and says, no, I can't do that. No, that's wrong. There was just the news of a big scandal in uh, Toshiba, the Japanese company. And what it said was, as the news came out about all of the misreporting that has happened, and basically the company has misreported profits to the tune of a billion dollars over the course of a few years, is that they had trouble saying no to their boss. There was a there was a culture of going along with the flow. It is hard to be the one who stands up and says, no, I can't do that. Jesus wouldn't want me to do that. And that may lead to negative consequences. And what Jesus says is, yours is the kingdom of heaven. You serve a different king. You serve a different authority. You need to be careful that that's the authority you obey. It's clear. It's just hard. The other one that I should have included in the clear was probably verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's clear to us that God desires to be a God who comforts those who are in need. It's clear that God has a heart that breaks for those who are hurting. 
But the two that are probably more complicated and have caused more discussion, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor is often how that's translated. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this doesn't say that. It's blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? And why do those people get the kingdom of heaven? Who are those people? And this is a place where I had to do some digging and see what some other people thought about this. And probably the best explanation I have read said that this is talking about poor in spirit. So I don't think it's talking about physical riches in this particular case. And perhaps poor in spirit means those people who understand that they don't have anything in the sense that they don't, they can't rely on their own righteousness. They can't rely on their own good. It might mean to understand that we have a need, that we need God. And that is the place at which God can meet us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It sure doesn't look that way. I think that's the problem we've always had with that. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It doesn't appear that that's going to be the case anytime soon. But what does it mean to be meek? And we need to understand that when the word that is used here, that's translated meek, it might not be a great translation. It doesn't mean timid. In fact, we are told we are not led to a spirit of timidity, but a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. What this word means is more humility, mildness, gentleness of spirit, which is consistent, for instance, with the fruit of the spirit includes kindness and gentleness. Then we certainly know humility is something that we are called to, called to an understanding of our place in the world and our place as not being the center of everything. We do know that God desires for himself a people who understand that he is the center of everything, who have that humbleness of spirit to see in others the need that they have and the value that they have, and that God's plans revolve around those people of God. So I don't want to give you the impression that meekness and inheriting the earth is going to happen tomorrow, but that God's long-term plans are looking for people who are humbled, who do justice, who love mercy, and who walk humbly with their God. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.